0: Dave and Bacon Safety Tales, the only industrial safety podcast that brings you common sense advice on job site safety, standards, regulations, and industry best practices without putting you to sleep. Welcome to another exciting episode of Dave and Bacon Safety Tales. Episode five. We made it to five. Cinco. If you're still with us. I'm surprised
1: <laughs> but good for you because hopefully you give or have some level of give-a-shit about safety That's right.
0: Fred here uh, Quad City Safety with my partner Dave um, once again if you don't know who we are yet uh, have some years in the in the safety business as a PPE supplier so we've kind of seen it all um, today the topic it's super exciting first aid
1: yeah. Not not like a Walmart little peel apart thing that they give you that's got one band-aid and maybe a, a half a half a unit of neosporin, but basically <laughs> legitimate first aid and not like trauma first aid, not like uh I mean we're not all required to have an ambulance sitting out, outside our office, but
0: maybe you shouldn't be sitting at your house and saying, First aid, yeah, I got whiskey and duct tape, <laughs> yeah, you can
1: go. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it's more of a it's more of a planning thing because uh, the way that it's really looked at is it's it's not really like a firm firm standard. It's more of a voluntary standard, so it's not like you know they're going to shut your business down. But realistically, if, you know it's more if we uh, we get a minor cut or a laceration, it's it's meant to be first aid. And again, that's not aftercare. First aid means the aid that's given first, so to kind of stabilize there.
0: Yeah, but you have had times in your life when you've used alcohol as first aid, haven't you?
1: Uh, yeah quite a bit <laughs> I use it as a kind of a pain masking agent all the time saying, you gotta, there's gotta be a
0: good story in there sometimes you tripped and fall your ankle swelled oh are you two kidding or three me three times and you're like give me some whiskey
1: yeah, yeah 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 but you know unfortunately those are not some of my prouder moments of my life but, yeah <laughs> they're out there they're out there there's a lot of you that are listening to, that probably have at least one, so. Oh yeah
0: for sure alright so story of the day want to get into kind of your
1: story? Well, the kind of story goes, goes you know back to the fact that you know I, I grew up in Kentucky and spent most of you know my early age running around creek banks, and surrounded by people that you know may not had a college education, but had uh, just done it the way they'd done it and it's not really as much of a story as much as you know some little instances that stick out in my my mind and you know i can uh, remember going back to my my granny white and you know you would have a rash and she'd go we need to mix up a poultice and yes. yeah poultice so it'd be a combination of of uh herbs and whatever like witch's that witch's potion yeah pretty much you know a <laughs> little bit of newt's ear and all kinds of stuff in it that was whooped up to you know as a compress or whatever i mean i can remember probably one of the first times i got stung by a bee you know being that we're ro- rolling around north tennessee tobacco was probably in people's mouths at all time. But, you know, you'd get that sting, and one of the first things, you know, a, an adult would walk up, wallow a big cheek of tobacco out of it and put it on it, and, and it would actually soothe it. And, you know, as I, as I started thinking about that, I, I Googled it, and I go, is tobacco, was that just in my mind, or <laughs> is, there really, is there really some effect? And I, I challenge you to go Google it, but tobacco is pretty good for bee stings. Um, just the chemical composition of, uh, of it is something that will actually satisfy swelling, pain, and everything related to a bee sting.
0: Well, probably kind of makes sense because that's what... People use, you know, the drug for <laughs> it's well, to numb or the, well, to yeah. feel a little bit different, you know, well, to yeah, take I away mean, some pain.
1: I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> the nicotine or or the tar There's or the, I mean, all the, the good stuff. The, maybe the formaldehyde that uh, Philip Morris is impregnating to, you know, kill your children with secondhand smoke. Um, but uh, that, and uh, for instance, it wasn't uncommon for us to get. Uh, medicines that they might give animals. I mean, Watkins salve, I mean, my grandmother would smear it on a cow, and she'd smear it on us. And, uh,
0: and up. what is Watkins
1: salve? Watkins salve, um, if you go into a Cracker Barrel okay. these days, they'll have the, the Dr. Watkins uh, uh, products, and so it'll be a, like a metal tin of this ointment, that and it says... Uh, Dr. Watkins Petrocarbo, and you can put that stuff on anything shy of a gunshot wound, and it will actually cause you to heal. Okay. I mean, it's just, I don't, and again.
0: Something antibiotic. In there there's, something.
1: Something, there's something in it, and, you know, obviously they're not doing infomercials on it, but I'm telling you, you should. You should probably contact, uh, I think Dr. Watkins is sold by the same kind of folks at Avon and stuff like that. So. Okay. You can, you know, they do everything from Im- or vanilla flavoring to Watkins Petrocarbo salve to there's a whole line of products. So I, to this day, have multiple cans of Petrocarbo. I have one in my medicine cabinet, I have one in my first aid kit. And my kids actually, we kind of refer to it as Peter Grease because it's really, really oily and nasty. But man, I'm telling you, any, any scratch, abrasion, cut, I Don't care what it is, Watkins Petrocarbo salve, will will clear it it's up like and clean a, it up. A
0: souped up Vaseline,
1: yep. So, basically, just from a story standpoint, is you know, I kind of challenge everybody to visualize in your head, you know, how you were treated. You know, what, what first aid, whether it was that you know, that first real shitty slide into home that you did uh, in kindergarten and cut
0: cook- rock, gravel, <laughs> baseball
1: fields yeah, that they hadn't even raped out, or you kind of caught some of that old 7-Up uh, Coke glass and, you know, just lacerated the hell out of yourself as you kind of slid across it and and uh, treated there.
0: Cool. All right. So just redneck shit. Gotcha. So, anyways, so main points here that, that we need to hit on. So, if you're working out on the road, so your construction crew and your truck, um, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have first aid. You don't have a oh, you kit th- hanging on the wall. Uh, but the,
1: Well, day. these days they make kits ready to go. I mean, so, you know, there's 10, 25, 50-man kits, kits that can be uh, put in, you know, a lot of them will refer to it as a truck kit. So they make builds that will have, you know, your basic components in it for, you know, whatever environment. Obviously, it's up to you to really uh, dig deep and figure out what can go wrong. I mean, obviously, if... Uh, it's an office area, you know, in a paper cut or you know a a, a mild um, headache that can you know you know just need some aspirins or some kind of tablets to treat. Um,
0: but yeah, they so those kits. Basically, they're cheap enough that if you got twenty guys out there in twenty different trucks, you can throw a little twenty dollar kit. Oh. Everyone's truck and pretty much have them covered.
1: Absolutely, and you know they're they're disposable. So once you break into it and kind of use it, you know sometimes I think people get you know if you have a big kit that you want to refill, that's good. But if you have an accident and somebody needs to be treated, they should break into that kit, use it, and just treat it as a disposable item. Because tw- let's face it, twenty dollars when you have an accident, you know it's kind of yeah you know that's you're you're uh, pissing in the wind to try to refill that and re you know repackage it.
0: Yeah. So providing the rate. Right- First aid supplies to your workers can save you thousands of dollars in costly fines, right?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you you know, every, there's always that duty, you know, the general duty clause is going to pick up that if you hurt somebody, you should, you know, you should try to, try to pre-treat them and then get them to, you know, whether it's a clinic or anything after that. But, you know, uh, you're responsible for providing first aid or, you know, a, not necessarily triage, we're not talking, yeah. you know, hunker down war stuff yeah, where we're, ER we're pulling up into the Civil War camp and we're going to hack half your leg off, And you know, you don't have to self-perform any of that stuff, but you do need to make sure that you're, you're uh, you have somebody that's trained in first aid and how to properly administer the stuff in it. And most of them have most first aid kits will have, you know, a basic book on, you know, let's say it's a bee sting or, you know, something that's minor is sometimes you can handle those without sending somebody to a clinic with, you know, just a basic mandate.
0: So really, we're just providing our workers, you know, with the accessibility to the first aid kits. So like, right in, right
1: the, in the line with toilet paper. I mean, if you're if you're going to supply toilet paper, I don't think it's out of line to supply them with some band-aids and triple triple antibiotic or, you know, some <laughs> basic they get stuff like that. burned
0: or something like that, they're, they're good to go. So really, whether workers are on site or on the road, should have some sort of first aid there on hand for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right. So how about uh, different types of first aid kits? Yeah. Like, what's their purpose?
1: Well... The way that the the standard originally, it's a it's an ANSI standard, and it kind of came out with some basics, because you know when you when you went to buy a first aid kit, you're like one first aid kit said first aid kit, and the next one said first aid kit, yeah. and there was completely different stuff in them. Right. So the the first the first uh, provision that came out, and I believe it was seven items, and it was basic stuff like. You need to have some eye wash, you need to have some band aids you need to have a triangle bandage, you need to have so it, it was basically to make sure that you had uh, items that were you know completely necessary to where when you said you had a first aid kit you didn't open it and go, well we have triple antibiotic and no band-aids. So that was the the first the the first ANSI standard that kind of came out that kind of hit that. Well, it's progressed a little bit, and just in the last, I want to say 2015, there, there was another uh, revision to the standard that kind of said, well, let's think about this a little bit deeper. So we have somebody that's in an office area that doesn't really need a lot of stuff, but let's say we have somebody that uh, is in a at-heights construction uh, site, yeah. or you know a more aggressive environment so they made uh you know class a and class b type kits to where if you don't need a lot of stuff there's one build if you might be able to break a bone or you know whatever you know uh, whatever that might come up it's right. a little bit more aggressive that you're able to uh to uh again provide that that first aid and have stuff on site that meets those needs so you again you have those class a's a and b and then you have subsections which are types which is more of the box that it's in so is the box meant to be inside is it meant to be outside does it uh does it need to be you know if you went like a a class b type 4 that's gonna that would in my mind kind of hit oh man, we're working on an oil rig. We need to make sure that we can throw this thing in the ocean, and it's not, you know, it's okay. uh, it's watertight and it's got a lot of good stuff, a lot of heavier stuff. So we've we've been able to break bones and, all, you know, maybe have a splint in there or something that, again, is more aggressive to provide first aid.
0: So otherwise, it's pretty much just size, right? So the size of the kit is in relation to how many people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it size. scales
1: and again those uh, that basic standard that was seven and has grown to a couple additional items is there's a number of band-aids that you're supposed to keep in it do you have to have tweezers do you have to have eye washes and then you scale based on how many people as to how many of those you have because the, i guess they've done some statistical variations to figure out you know, if you're on a site with 50 guys, you know you're gonna need probably twice the amount of band-aids that you did when you had the 25, 25 men.
0: So, how, what about like size of facility? Is there like surface area that you have to have it so like close in proximity to
1: people, uh, or do just,
0: you just have to have access inside the building? You really
1: need to have access in the building, but again. W- if we're talking a huge, huge area, or we're talking a construction site where we may have a drug, we may have a job trailer, and we're working way away from that, obviously we would want to have one in the truck because again, first aid should be able to be supplied very close to where the incident uh, occurs.
0: So, like in a manufacturing plant or something like that, where they might have twenty-five different first aid kits in there, is that more about? covering the amount of people or is that just them going above and beyond to have access that's or do more, you actually need that's
1: more access that's providing you know again immediate access because let's say i don't need a 10-minute le- le- walk to get yeah but let's 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 go we're in a manufacturing facility and we're working around metals and we get a really bad laceration well obviously uh direct pressure Is the first means Uh, we don't want to immediately apply a tourniquet. We we, you know we want to try to apply direct pressure to see if we can if we can uh, get that bleeding under control. And uh, I don't think in
0: the movies where a guy rips off his sleeve. Nobody
1: wants me to to rip off his sleeve
0: and tie your flannel shirt around his arm.
1: I don't think that that's uh, how to say. While while I appreciate the manliness of it, I don't (laughs) I don't really think that that's really uh, it's going to be kind of frowned upon. And having, you know, those compresses or blood stoppers or whatever that is and yeah. close, hopefully we we can access it quickly. You know, we don't want to have a 25-man first aid kit for a 50-acre facility. Somebody cuts themselves and bleeds out because, you know, we didn't have anything to, to, to really combat that with.
0: Yeah, that kind of, just that little thought right there kind of brings me to what the next topic that we were thinking about was, why are you... A dickhead if you don't have life-saving first aid and like an AED on site.
1: Well, I mean, probably just because it's not really as expensive as it used to be. Okay. Um, you know, we're talking. You know, like we talked. You know, a base little first aid kit. You're looking at twenty twenty-five dollars. Um, so you're you're you are kind of a you're kind of an asshole if you you know. Be kind of like taking the toilet paper out of the bathroom and saying, "Wipe with your hand." I mean, <laughs> I mean, the world's changed a little bit. So, um, again, it's something that's it's easy and it's ready readily available, and it's not a lot of cost to to really comply with that.
0: How about have you ever thought um, emergency, emergency wise to your to your topic there? So, you're in the you're in the bathroom, and it really goes down, and you don't have, and there's no toilet paper on site. Where you've already taking care of business now we're sitting there what what's your move
1: my move what's your personal move okay my personal move is uh i'm hoping for an undershirt myself. no 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 <laughs> uh if you ever if you ever see me I, I wear a lot of shorts and if you look down and i'm missing a sock
0: you're a sock guy. i'm a sock
1: guy yeah. i mean i i learned a long time ago and it, you know it kind of started with you'd be out hunting and obviously you know you're out there early and usually you suck down that first cup of coffee and you kind of stroll out in the woods and all of a sudden that caffeine hits the the old poop muscle and you're like oh man i gotta i gotta get away from because first of all you don't want to defecate by your tree stands because believe it or not deer can actually smell that so you you kind of wander off there do your business and then all of a sudden you're like oh hell where where's 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 the toilet paper? So you end up taking out your knife and cutting the top of your sock off because you know you. This like is
0: enough surface area. I don't. I don't know. I guess you're maybe wearing some tall socks.
1: No. Well, you got to think about it. Think about it like a mitt. So you you wipe on one side, then you introvert it. So twist. Crappy. No. Crappy. Crappy sock inside. You have a whole other layer there.
0: Hey, have I ever told you my code my code poop story? No. My code poop story is I worked at a. Lowe's, and I may have mentioned this in a prior episode but they have all different kinds of like jargon that comes over the loudspeaker. So like a code a code 3 meant that there was more than 3 people in line so another check checkup person needed to come up to the front.
1: It's pretty ingenious. And a
0: code 99 meant that we needed to have a manager needed to show up at this. So all of a sudden uh my Credit card machine jammed up. I can't figure it out. My hair is on fire. The line's up, so I call for a code 99. So all of a sudden, a manager will come help me out. Well, they had a code 50. The code 50 was <laughs> we need someone up front to load. So like somebody bought a patio set. And they bought a grill, and they need help getting in the back of their truck. So it was called a code 50. Well, there was a there was a time that I was in our exact scenario in the bathroom, and I had my phone. I had my phone on me that I could page overhead with. And I got stuck and I waited. Like about a phone, five phone, minutes.
1: or like a Motorola walkie talkie thing?
0: Uh, it was a multi purpose tool. So it was a <laughs> Swiss Army knife of so phone. Oh, okay, so it was right. like a walkie talkie, but it was also a phone so, you could call. So it was targets. like those
1: next hill ones that back in the like late 90s where you would have that two way code. Right, like a
0: 2005 version of that. Okay. Yep. Right. So that came out. So my ingenious idea was that I would call for a code 50 because most likely it was going to be another guy that would come up. I needed a code 50 in the men's bathroom. <laughs> so someone would come up and help me load up would be a code 50. But when I got on the loudspeaker, I called for a code poop. Like My brain got murdered. and I said, uh, excuse me, I need to get a uh, code poop to the men's bathroom. And uh, No, I hung up real fast and it hit my head. What just happened? Yeah. And all of a sudden my phone rang. My phone rang again. I keep hitting end. I don't, I'm not talking to anybody. My phone rang. <laughs> Brad, did you just call for a code poop? I said, yes, I did. And then I explained to that person what happened.
1: <laughs> so the little weird guy didn't run in pushing a mop bucket or nothing, to eat. Nope. Oh, nope. somebody shit
0: in the middle but of the floor. But there's all kinds of horror stories about yeah cleaning bathrooms at, at those type of places or anywhere.
1: I have I have. Uh had that happen where I've had to use my cell phone to call one of my children you know you get Using those. Some toilet paper well the last one is I I didn't have any socks on and so obviously it's summer <laughs> That ruined um, plan. Plan to oh man I'm telling you that was a that was a completely fit, that was epic fail <laughs> so I'm I'm in one of those little plastic boxes you know th- throwing it down and all of a sudden you know it was one that kind of hit me and all you know one where you kind of sweat a little bit and you <laughs> You kind of do that. Oh, I don't know. You kind of almost like waddle, waddle in there, and so you're done. And looking around, and you're like, okay, oh boy, what am I gonna do now? Because it's not like you kind of, you know, you're, you're stuck. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess you could kind of go with monkey butt and walk around the zoo, but I, I kind of don't believe in that. So I've had to call my children on the cell phone and go hey can you go up to the snack bar (laughs) steal some of the napkins i think i'm in the third one just bang on the door and i'll (laughs) let you know yeah and the american heart association you know when you look at cpr cpr has really logically progressed a lot to where you've had a lot of revisions and now you know it's not as much about uh compression as rescue breathing and so you know when you look at cardiac or Arrest. part of it is, um, making sure that you're still getting oxygen in there. Cause you know, if you're not pumping anyway, you know, you're not doing anything, but doing rescue breathing is probably number one followed by compressions in the near term. But, uh, the biggest reason or biggest argument for, um, having that aed which is a automated external defibrillator or it uh produces a shock to the heart that puts it back into its its beating format because you know when you look at uh when you look at the heart and you really you look at the science of it you have the pipes so you have plumbers that work on the plumbing so those are the people that are going to do you know making sure that all your blockages and your stents are done. And then you have people that deal with the electric part of the heart, which is what keeps it beating, you know, through the central nervous, nervous system. But applying that shock to get that heart back to, into, uh, into a a beating standpoint is very important. And again, I've rambled on, but let's get to the the matter. I have a tendency to kind of run all the way around the barn five times before I come in. Um, is that we have limited time. So, if that heart doesn't start beating within about three or four minutes, we're starting to get into a situation where uh, we're going to have a vegetable on our, our hands. I mean, we're not s- supplying any brain to or any oxygen to vital organs and even the brain. So, let's say that uh, you know, I I go down and I'm laying there. I'm on a clock, so if somebody doesn't get the old ticker going pretty quick yeah. within a, a, a small period of time, then in five minutes, I'm probably not going to be able to be revived. I mean, the st- statistical chance of bringing somebody back uh, falls off a cliff, number one. Number two is you're doing irreversible damage to you know the brain and other, other uh, organs by not supplying them oxygen. So for that small investment, you know, you can, you can, for under two grand, you can have an AED. Right. If you have somebody that's trained in first aid, they should be trained in CPR anyway. So, you know, it would be kind of like having a carpenter and not giving him a hammer. So if you've trained that carpenter on, you know, CPR, you should go ahead and give him the hammer, which is his AED so that, you know, when he goes in there, um, he has all the tools he needs to really finish why you've put him where you've put him.
0: Yeah. When some of the ones that they have like out on the market now make it so easy that it almost, you almost don't need training to be able to go
1: through it. I, I you mean, definitely need training. So don't get me wrong. No, yeah. You, you're, you're, yeah, you have to have, <laughs> you really should have training. Yeah. But, uh, if I saw somebody go down and I hadn't been trained on their AED, I'm ripping the damn thing off the wall, and I'm going to give it hell to try to, right. try to follow. Because most of them, like, like you mentioned, you know, I, I, I know one of the units that I, I, we sell all the time, the first thing it says is, remain calm. <laughs> so, like, okay, you know. It, I, got it, you, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, I got Yeah, you, yeah, sir. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling you. And, you know, so they're really, they've really put a lot of thought into them. You open them up, and there's like, you know, it's literally like, it's not like this bullshit schematic, like, you know, exploded diagram with 50 screws. It's literally like, open their shirt, put this pad here, put this pad here, push this button, and listen and do what it says.
0: And you get going, and it's like, you're pushing too hard. You're not pushing hard enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're pushing too fast. Um, But yeah, those things are pretty slow. Because, to
1: your point, is. Um, some of them now measure chest compressions and all too often, uh, CPR to people that haven't done it. I mean, if you do CPR correct, you're going to break ribs and it's a, it's a very aggressive and hard. I mean, you, you see somebody that's given CPR for a couple minutes, they're going to be a hot mess. They're going to be sweating because it's a lot of work. It's not, you know, you kind of see on TV land, they're kind of just, you know, this rocking back and forth with their shoulders. No, I mean Sing when you're stay alive. Yeah, when you're giving when you're trying to move somebody's sternum by you know two two and a half inches, or you don't want to go too far because again, all you're trying to do is bounce that heart off between you know a between yeah. soft tissue and bones to to kind of revive it.
0: Yeah. Well, so. While, so sum it all up, So while it's vital to be compliant to industry-specific safety regulations, there's nothing more important than ensuring your workers are safe. Providing them with the tools and supplies they need to treat injuries, prevent infection, can help reduce the severity of injuries and risk to others. So whether we're talking antiseptics, bandages, cold packs, or even AEDs, having the proper safety supplies on site can be the deciding factor in whether that worker goes home at the end of the day. So...
1: And also, just a, another caveat that I think people overlook a lot of times also is um, – and each, each employer has got to evaluate it and decide whether they want to do it. But just dis- dispensing basic uh, medicinals or tablets, you know, so if uh, Joe Blow comes in with uh, a little bit of a headache, and, or is it worth it to give him, you know, 50 cents worth of Tylenol – to, to really hit his headache or, um, less maybe, you know, I always like to talk about acute and chronic, maybe that first aid item is sunscreen. Right. So applying sunscreen so we don't have, you know, a chronic effect of sun and all of a sudden, you know, we're looking at melanoma, you know, down, down the, uh, roads for things that are cheap. Right. You know, so productivity and also just offering, you know, basic levels of protection that you should provide anyway. Unless you're just that guy that doesn't, you know, has a very low level of give a shit, and <laughs> thinks people are disposable.
0: Yeah, which there are those guys out there.
1: No, uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys. they probably they probably just uh, probably would just hit stop or cancel or whatever. Yep.
0: And so that guy could be our dumbass of the week, but we'll move on to our favorite segment, the dumbass of the week. <laughs> We. Assuming that you don't have one, the What's way that, that the way that you're staring.
1: Uh, well, I mean, the uh, I'm going to go ahead and put the uh, dumbass of the week, as it relates to first aid. Uh, we just saw kind of an outbreak in the state of Iowa. They just uh, in the last last Fourth of July said. No, nah, we're gonna let everybody buy all the fireworks and shit that they that they could possibly want because this is a this is a good idea. So our dumbass of the week, we can call him. You know, well, let's call let's 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 make it a her. Right. We're gonna call her Maggie. So you know, what did Maggie do? You know, Maggie is that person that uh, walks up to kind of the the three inch mortar and kind of sets it up, gets gets the pipe. You know, they always come with those cardboard little pipes that you put that has a little base, and you're usually putting it in gravel or something that, you know, not a, a surface that will balance it anyway, yep. and you get that wick out of there. And let's just say Maggie goes ahead and lights said fuse, and as she turns to, to get away from it, knocks it over to the point where, uh-oh, we just shot another family member with uh, hot uh, whatever the hell's in fireworks that makes them... Right. Uh, phosphorus, I believe, is, you know, uh, what usually is makes a lot of the light, but we just shot them with, with something that's ultra hot and we just burnt the crap out of them. Maggie. So it, Maggie could be the... Walking around with the, holding the Roman candle by her hand, and it's kind of a faulty one because you know n- nothing against stuff that's made in China, but a lot of that stuff's made in China. So let's say that the quality standards aren't there, and all of a sudden the uh, Roman candle ruptures, and again phosphorus to the hand, and we burn ourselves. I mean, how many how many how many times do you you see somebody's little three year old and they've handed them those sparklers? Yeah. You know the old classic sparkler. I mean, if you look, I mean, I forget how many it's it's over a thousand two thousand degrees that those things burn right now they got the ones that shoot sparklers out and you know let's say that uh, little bobby's got his uh he's still one of those little weird kids that runs around in costumes or whatever and it catches his costume on and shrink wraps it to him catches and, his cat tail yeah that basically that's maggie and that's that's maggie's our dumbass of the week and Let's just put it this way. My name could be Maggie because I'm pretty sure at some point in time...
0: I thought it was
1: a good idea to hold on to a bottle rocket and, you know, try to shoot them out of your hand instead of uh, the whole point of bottle rocket. It didn't say hand rocket. It said bottle rocket. Just kind of get my words out of order.
0: So, in this scenario, we always try to say, what should Maggie have done differently? So... This is kind of one of those. Just, they don't
1: do that shit. Well, it's basically uh, it's backing up and having a little bit of common sense. Yep. And the common sense being uh, around fireworks, a lot of times it's that liquid courage. You know, it's as we started off the show with, you know, the whiskey. Yeah. It's uh, it's not it's not using the whiskey to uh, or how to say it's limiting the whiskey that's going to kind of put a uh, a flaw in your logic. And the logic being changing that bottle rocket to a hand rocket, so it's kind of getting around those. But using common sense is, I mean, that's let's let's face it, you know, there's there's rules and standards and regulations and everything. But at the end of the day, you know, just really backing up and taking a practical approach and acting like an adult and making an informed decision. So in this,
0: I guess in this in this scenario then, now we're here, Maggie did this, she's, she's gotten herself burned, I guess, technically, if she's got first aid supplies on hand um, in this scenario, she could get out some burn gel, you know, something like that to, to try and treat the injury. If she was prepared for that, if somebody had a first aid kit in their truck, they probably aren't necessarily limiting the damage, but if you get that burn gel on there pretty quickly, I'm assuming you're going to have...
1: A quicker healing time uh yes and no but let's go all the way back uh-huh. before that the deal before that is let's educate ourselves or train ourselves on them properly oh these aren't hand rockets these are bottle rockets so we need right. to put them in a bottle and wait a second this is what this does when we light it yeah so having a start thinking a, about that in case yeah is to to really back up and you know anytime you're trying to 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 think about safety you shouldn't go, well, we cut his hand off, so now we're going to do this to be safe. It'd be better to look at it and go, man, we got knives all over the place. Maybe we should we should look at this a little bit different.
0: All right. Well, time to move on to combing through Dave's email box. Um, I guess I'll ask some couple questions here. So, number one, we talked a little bit about leading edge in the past, but what makes a leading edge retractable different from just a standard retractable for fall protection?
1: Uh, the reason that they're different is a standard retractable is meant to, again, be mounted overhead. And when basically we fall, it has a centrifugal brake that then stops us. So that's all in a straight line. So from the top to the bottom, it's meant to kind of be in a straight line. In a leading edge situation... Um, the retractable itself uh, is mounted typically a little different. Sometimes it can be at the feet, it can be below the dorsal D-ring, but we can have a, a larger amount of shock that can happen, meaning we can fall a little bit farther distance before that, that brake engages. And so where a traditional SRL, you know, is gonna lock up, you know, in under 18 inches, you know we may fall a couple feet on a leading edge srl and then cause more fall arresting forces so though the construction of the guts is a little bit different but it's it's more common that there will be a shock absorber or a shock pack just like on a, on a on a traditional lanyard shock absorbing lanyard you'll see that fat part of it where basically they stitched material that's meant to break out and, and, and absorb that energy yeah. and also the uh the cable will be tested to uh not uh you know you're not typically going to see a sharp uh, edge srl that's not cable
0: okay and so is that is that similar for when you're tying off at your feet it's kind of the same principles that you're talking about pretty much the same the principles stuff that's yeah. designed to tie off at your feet
1: yep and um, again it's, it's because you're looking at higher shock absorb or you know uh, basically you're falling farther, so you're creating more energy and you have to deal with that energy.
0: Okay, good. How about question number two? So this particular person says they have hexane on their site. Now, are there direct reading hexane monitors to have on site? So why we maybe don't know a ton about that specific one, What we're look, how we can answer it is they have... Uh, four gas monitors, and then there's more like exotic gas stuff. So is there ways besides just our traditional four gas monitor that we can detect for these like ex- more exotic gases?
1: Oh, by my, oh, there's, there's a ton of ways. And some of it can get into just testing tubes. So uh, there's just about, I, I don't know how many different types of tubes that you okay. can get, but there's tubes that it's kind of a... We, we pull uh, air from whatever environment we're in, and it basically has something that triggers, that changes colors, that goes, yes, there is this present in this atmosphere. So there's tubes that we can do that to kind of look for really, really weird stuff. Usually um, that
0: stuff has to be then sent off to a lab, or does it kind of react
1: uh well there's there's two there's different kinds you can you can industrial hygienists may use a media set so they have a pump that's pulling air across the media that kind of just almost has a filter that kind of grabs onto it and absorbs it then it goes back into a a lab situation and they test it to see you know is there a presence of this Mm -hmm. a lot of those are Typically, going to be more, you know, particulates and fibers, but you know, theoretically, could be gases, of uh, gases or vapors. There's also uh, we talked about tubes. Uh, a lot of the the, uh, the uh, portable instruments that are out there have the ability to put some exotics that traditionally you haven't been able to use in a a, a monitor. You know, just your classic air monitor. So the problem with, you know, just a regular air monitor is, again, when we have a four gas, it's really only looking for those four things. So if you don't already know what's in there, it's not going to miraculously go, you know, somebody opened, you know, somebody opened something up here and now we're introducing carbon dioxide, the carbon monoxide sensor that's in a standard four gas is not all of a sudden going to alarm and go oh right i see something else that we didn't we never knew that was here so again you know a lot of times when we're using a portable
0: um she's got the trolls bandages um you know you don't know anything about trolls no not really so you know the trolls from probably like when i was when i was younger just a little Trolls oh, the long
1: hair. Oh, yeah, I guess I guess I have. The pink hair and the yeah. green
0: hair. It's really, really long. Well, they made a movie You always them. had erasers, and you'd kind of yep. rub your hands together. Those to get guys there. with the belly. They, some of them had, like, stones in their belly button. Well, they, a couple years ago, they released a movie that Justin Timberlake was one of the trolls. And so it's like a cartoon. It's pretty popular. You probably know some of the tunes from it and just don't know. It, so. <laughs> probably. But, um, yeah. Man, they,
1: I am let myself down. Yeah. I did see the Doc McStuffins.
0: Okay, that's a yeah, that's a Disney show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So
1: she's like works on animals or something like that. Toys. She's a or toy toys doctor. Are, okay, yep. Yeah, she
0: brings them to life. She's got a look, her stethoscope. She hits a little button on her stethoscope and it brings her toys to life, and then she treats them. Well, there's some good values in there. It's a it's a good one.
1: Okay. So she
0: loves it. Hudson, my son, has Spider Man. He's into Spider Man. Tat- or uh, Not tat- They do like tattoos too, but bandages. But
1: I'll bet it's more the fact that it looks like a tattoo than it's a band-aid.
0: I don't know. I think it's I think it's band-aid. She loves the she loves the band-aid aspect of it. That sticker. it's like a sticker.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Or um if she gets an owie, though, that's I mean, the crying stops instantly when she realizes that, oh I to get a bandaid, and I can pick it out. Yeah. Like, so it started getting to the, to the point like she won't want to take that piece of shit off. <laughs> so we're talking the the wound is healed. I'm replacing bandages. They're coming off. That was what at daycare told us that um, she somehow got I don't know if she grabbed herself or something like that when she was little, but they gave her a bath. It was bad enough to where the daycare provider was like, oh, "Gonna give her a bath." Just
1: all the way up the back, kind yeah, uh, of was a yeah. little,
0: yeah, but band-aid came off. and The daycare lady was like, you'd have thought she lost a diamond ring. <laughs> like, it came off, she started screaming, had to get her a different band-aid, and now it's gotten to the point where like she'll have a bug bite. She's like, I need a band-aid for this bug bite. So we started putting bandages on her just to go to sleep so that she doesn't scratch a bug bite. But So she's an excited, she's a first aid enthusiast. Well, there I you go, hands future so doctor. Yeah, the little boy, he's... He's in, he wants to be like sister, so he's throwing them bandages on whenever he gets a chance to. She'll put a band aid on because of a cut, and he'll want a band aid on just so he can look like his sister. So it's pretty aggressive. But, um, anyways, task at hand. So I got a couple of uh, Chuck Norris things that I somehow altered to be first aid compliant Chuck Norris jokes. So, when learning CPR, Chuck Norris brought the dummy to life. <laughs> got that? Once a cobra bit Chuck Norris's leg. After five days of excruci- excruciating pain, the cobra passed away.
1: There's actually websites that are just full of these. I, so. I,
0: mean, I don't think I just brought these uh, out of my brain. <laughs> All these
1: you didn't just write yeah, I, these?
0: No. Some, well, some of them I altered a little bit. Chuck Norris doesn't cheat death. He wins fair and square. <laughs> <Yeah>. Chuck Norris <laughs> uses hot water or hot sauce for eye wash. <laughs> Fucking stepped on that one. Anyways, how about giraffes? Giraffes were created. When Chuck Norris uppercut a horse. And finally, some kids piss their name in the snow. Chuck Norris pisses his name in the concrete. Mm. So, that's it. On that, that's it for us today. Episode 5. Dave, you got anything else?
1: No, just uh, daylight savings time is coming up.
0: Alright, first aid can be a pretty forgettable thing until you need it. So I'm glad that the topic is important to our listeners to continue that conversation Thank you so much for listening to another episode. We'll be back next week with more safety stories. If you need your fix before that, you can visit the Quad City Safety blog at quadcitysafety.com. Share your thoughts in the comments. Ask me a question. uh, Ask us a question. Jump into our social media conversations, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and get involved. Don't worry. There's enough faith in the mascot to go around. Until next week. Safety
1: has no quitting time. We'll see you then. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening in to Dave and Bacon Safety Tales, brought to you by Quad City Safety. Send us your questions on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter at Quad City Safety. Hashtag Safety Tales. Or email them to Fred at QuadCitySafety.com. He's the guy keeping this mess of a show in line. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's a kick-ass way to show that you care about safety.